The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruah Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the Mitzvot Daf Chaf Today's Daf has been sponsored um, In honor of the Rabbi Andy Daf Yomi class Dedicated by our good friends from Aventura, Florida, Roger and Raquel Baghdadi. We are studying today's dafur on Chav Dalid Amud Bet, and we will begin uh, from the Tashema. Today's daf is being studied Le'alun Nishmat Avraham ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Begin Eden Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'alun Nishmat Mazal Bat Frida Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Begin Eden He v'chol benot Yosef Shavuot Machlan Amen V'shlichot V'nomar Amen And today's daf is being studied Le'fuah Shlema Chamavadia Ben Gurjia Ena Le'fanalot Le'toch Shar Chodah Amo Yisrael Amen We begin today's daf on Chav Dalid Amud Sheni and we start at the Tashema uh, with three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines from the bottom. Our subject is we learned yesterday a statement of Rabbi Habar Yaakov, which he taught us that Kol that any wall that cannot stand in normal winds, I mean not that the wall is going to collapse, but the wall uh, flaps in and out, it sways in the normal wind, so that uh, type of uh, wall is pasul. So the Gemara asked a host of questions about different walls that swayed in the wind. The Gemara answered, no, we're talking about where you tied the wall down, and therefore the wall has uh, certain uh, stability. So the Gemara continues on that same line of uh, questioning. Tashema, so the Gemara says, come and hear. We have a case. Hayasham. Ilan o gader o mechisat kanim nidon mishum diyumad. So we're discussing now the case over here. Yeah, we did this just same review it again. The case of pasibidaot, where we have a well in the middle of the reshut and you want to draw water from it on Shabbat. So we said the rabbis gave a certain leniency to all the galim that with four diyumadim, four L-shaped like bracket like mechitzot, uh, each one is an amma, each part of the L is an amma. You have it on all four sides. You can consider them walls. Therefore, it encloses it to make an a reshut. If we be able to draw water from the well into that enclosed area. So the hadush over here is, let's say, you have around the the well, ilan. Uh, Either you have, let's say, a tree, or gader of, let's say, stones, or mechisat kanim, or let's say, a, gr- a group of kanim, let's say, reeds that are put together. You can count that as a diumad. Now, if you want to look in your pictures, I'm looking at the Ha'od Vadar version in this case. So you have nunhe. Shows you the picture where you have, let's say, kanim, which are going like reeds. Right? One amma one way and one amma the other way. And the point that the reeds is, they obviously sway 
in a normal wind. And how can you say that's considered a mechitza? So the Gemara answers, Atam nameh mishum da'amide b'hutza v'dafna. You have to say that you tied them up with Hutzav and Afna, with these uh, branches of the um, of the palm tree, and therefore uh, they're considered stable. Comes the Gemara and continues. Tashema, we bring another uh, question. Ilana mesach al haaris. You have a tree that its um, its uh, leaves or its branches, let's say, they roof over the ground. Trees have trees are going up, like the the, the the trunk of the tree goes up, and the leaves they go all the way down. They form like a schach uh, over the ground. Okay, you want to see a picture of that? Nunvav in your picture book. You see a big tree over here, and you see, you know, that, that it's causing a shade, let's say, from the uh, from the leaves. So what's the deal over here? If let's say the nof is not elevated from the ground, more than three to five, which the three to five of the ground, so the Gemara says metalte. So you're allowed to carry under that tree on Shabbat, because we say Lavud, so it's considered as if the tree is totally reaching the ground, and it's all enclosed uh, inside, so you can carry throughout that whole area. So the Gemara says, how could you do that? What kind of wall is that? The tree... The leaves are moving. And you tell me any, any wall that moves like a certain wall. Again, the Gibbara says, same answer, We're talking about over again, where you tie the tree down, you tie the leaves of the tree down with Hutsa and Dafna, with these branches, and therefore, it has a stability. Comes the Gibbara and says, If that's the case, meaning if that's how you're learning, where you tie the walls down, so now the Gibbara says, Nitaltel you should be able to carry under the whole entire area of the tree. Now, let's uh, review exactly uh, what uh, the question is based on. Look at the she. Uh, starting from the first wide line. That has a lot of uh, shade, branches. Right? The heads of the, the, the tips of the uh, branches. Drape over towards the ground. We say lavud. Now you have to say that the wall from the inside is ten tefachim. So the tree goes up ten uh, tefachim. So you have a regular legitimate wall. You have three tefachim from the ground. So it's considered as if it goes all the way down. Now, if you're telling me which means you went and you took the Hutzah uh, Vedafna, and you actually tied the north uh, uh, to itself in order to make it stable, now you could live under it. It, it, it was now walled for a dwelling. Now we have a rule, if you remember, we learned in Masechet Arubim, that any type of uh, enclosed area that was not hukaf ledira, that was not walled for dwelling purposes. For example, let's say a natural structure that just has uh, natural walls that it was not walled for dwelling purposes. Even though technically it's rishuti yahid mina Torah, hachamim came along and said they only allow you to carry under such a structure up to betzatayim. Betzatayim would be up to five thousand square amot, because since it's a 
very large area, and it wasn't walled for dwelling purposes, so therefore it's not domain so much to an Ishut Yahid, because of the big area, and it wasn't walled for dwelling purposes. So therefore this tree over here, you're right, with the tree before you started tying any branches down, it wasn't walled for, for, for dwelling purposes, it's a natural tree. And therefore we understand, you should only be allowed to carry up to 5,000 square amot under this tree. It's a huge tree. Okay? Now, once you're telling me that you tied it with hutzah v'dafna, so that means you went with kavana now to make walls. Now already it's considered hukaf didira. Who's going to live under there? The guy that's watching the field over there, whatever he's doing under the tree, so he needs to, he's going to live under the tree. So therefore, the Chaurah, if you're doing Hutzah V'dafna, that means you had Kavana, now you actually went and made walls for dwelling purposes. Okay, so who says that you can't carry more? So the Kavana says, Alama, then how come we said, Amar Ravuna Bereh Rav Yoshua Em Metaltelin Bo Ela Betzataim he came along and he could only carry the 5,000 square mot. Let's read the Rashi on the bottom. The Gemara says you can only carry the Shura Bet Satayim. Where did they get that, by the way, Shura Bet Satayim? So the Shisha is Kaasira Mishkan. That was the square amot of the Mishkan. Any enclosed area that was not enclosed for dwelling purpose, the rabbis said maximum carrying is what? 5,000 Ammah. If it's more than that, the rabbis gave it the deen of a Karmelit. Then he can only carry from, I mean, let's say it's 5,001 square amot, right? And it's sukaf, there's walls, but it wasn't sukaf, the dira, you could only carry four amot. It has a dira of a karmelit. Okay? Amotav shaladam ve'ahai, kevat biyadayim hukaf, since by when you put the hutzah v'dafna, meaning biyadayim, you tied up all the walls, hu dira, afilu yotu betzatayim etatelba. So how come you're telling me in the Gemara's statement you can only carry up to betzatayim? That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, now, mishum da'ave dira, shitashmishia le'avir. Bechol dira, shitashmishia le'avir. Which means this is a dwelling over here, but it's not made for inside. The walls are not made for underneath it or inside. It's made for the air that is beyond it. Which means that the watchmen of, let's say, the field over here are not living under this tree over here. They just need to stay over there to watch what's going on. Beyond the tree. They just stand under there for shade. And if, even if they're making walls, it's not considered ukaf dira. It's more for what's beyond the tree that they want to watch the fruit in the fields from, uh, from, uh, from to, to protect them, etc. And we have a rule. That any type of uh, structure, any type of area that was ukaf for avir, meaning for the air that is beyond it, it's not considered ukaf dira. And if you have the bed satayim, so even if you went with your hutzah and aftan, you tied up the tree and all that, bottom line, it's not for dwelling purposes. Look at that sheep. Shetashmishal avir. avir You only made this dwelling for the air that is beyond the tree. Why? Right? To watch the fields. And therefore, it's not considered enough to be matir a big area. So that answers that question. Comes to Gibran says, Tashema. Another question against Nabahabar Yaakov. Shabbat betel shehu gavoa asara vehu me'arba amot 
Adet Satayim. Okay, we have a case over here. You have your picture books, you see it on Nun Zayin. The guy, on uh, Friday night, Shabbat, he went into Shabbat, that's Shabbat meaning, he went into the Shabbat, he was uh, in the place of what? Of a till, of a mound. The mound was ten tefahim high off the ground, and was between four amot, and let's say two, uh, and let's say, um, and betzatayim, between four amot to uh, five thousand amah. That was the area, let's say, uh, that we're talking about over here. He's on a mound, ten to anywhere from four amot to five thousand amah. So the Gemara is going to say over here, tel gavawa asara. Vehu me'arbaamot is at least four amot ad betzatayim to five thousand. Vechen similarly, beneka. Neka would be, let's say, a furrow in the ground. Okay, natural furrow in the ground. Shu'amok asara. It's ten tefachim deep. Vehu me'arba amot ad betzatayim. Same story. It goes from either four amot or up to betzatayim. That's picture nun Next case. Like a crater in the ground, exactly. Vechen kamakisura. Let's say you have a field where in the center of the field they cut all the wheat. And around it you have makifot makifotota. You have stalks of wheat, let's say, surrounding it, which are making walls. That we picture number nuntet. Okay, now what's the deen in all this uh, subject over here? Bottom line, you're in a reshutiyahid enclosed area. Either it's enclosed, either either the point is it's ten tefachim high, right, and four uh, wide. Let's say so you have reshutiyahid on the on the rock, or it's the case of the ground where it's ten deep in the ground, it's walled, or it's let's say in the field where you're surrounded by those walls of wheat. What's the common denominator in all these cases? So the statement goes like this: Mehalech et kula. Well, first of all, you're allowed to walk the whole the whole area. Now, why? Because since we're talking about over here, it's not more than betzatayim. Okay, so therefore it was not hukaf ledira because he's a natural. These are natural uh, walls over here. Right, the guy who make the walls for dwelling purposes, so he has the right to walk the whole area, you know, because it is up to Betzatayim. And then the Gemara says, And you're allowed to walk from the end of this area, 2,000 amma further. Because we learned the Masjid Arubin, the love of Shabbat. Yitrum Shabbat starts from where you were on Shabbat. So therefore, he went into Shabbat in this area, okay? So you're 2,000 am I going to begin when? Of where? From the end of the area, right? You can walk the whole area on Shabbat, no problem. And then from that end of the spot, of any direction, you can go now 2,000 am forward. Okay, so that's the deen of the, uh, the Brayta. Now, the Gebrai's question is, But what are you talking about? These walls over here, for example, the case of the Shibolet, the case of the stalks, you tell me that's an enclosed area. What are you talking about? They move. Right. So the answer is, Same answer to all the questions. You tie them up, and therefore they are uh, solid, and then we have no problem. Now, we have to understand, they're not carrying. You can only carry inside the enclosed area, but when you home, your tomb goes from the end of the island. Now we have to figure out why... We're discussing over that it has to be minimally four amot. Right? It says that this, the area that we're talking about has to be from four amot up until... Uh, no, is four to fahim. So what is this four amot until... So let's read Rashi. Ehu. Me'arba amot ad betzatayim. Gadonu me'arba amot, avad elu yotir ad betzatayim. Vechen beneka, tazguma, 
It's a natural crater in the ground. That's not the common nominator between all these cases, right? The shibolet, you have these stalks. Okay, now we, she gives us the hadushi. The maximum we have to carry in these enclosed areas is what? Because they were not hukah for dwelling purposes. Therefore, you can go technically the whole area because it's not more than time. The next day on Shabbat. And beyond it, Alpayim. You're allowed to walk 2,000 amma. The whole halala. We know the rule is that since you were Shovet, since you were there before Shabbat, that whole area is considered for Amot. But we don't say 2,000 Amot for when you are. No, that whole enclosed area is considered for Amot, and your 2,000 Amot begins at the border, at the edge. That's why we know. And that's why it said, that's why they give us to give a case where at least the enclosed area is at least for amot. Why? If you tell me it's not more than for amot, what are you telling me? You could walk the whole area. Or you can carry the whole area. What are you talking? Which means you always get for amot. Which is, no matter where you are, you always get to walk. And carry within your, your four amot. I don't need walls for that. So if it was less than four amot, you, know, you can walk the whole area. I was like, about, okay, without walls, I can walk the whole area. And I get 2,000 amot from, uh, from, from there. Yeah. And we know mekomov a person is for amot. Which means that she just asking a side question. By the rock case. Where's your walls? Yeah. By the case of the rock, it's ten to fa'im uh, high. There's no walls. So that she says, no, you use the word good asik. We consider that the sides of the rock go up. And therefore, it's imaginary walls that are going up. And therefore, you have walls that are uh, high. And therefore, it encloses the top of the rock. And therefore, you have no problem of a neshut uh, as well. Okay, so that answers that. Okay, look at that. She continues. Even though the stalks do not stand in wind, you weaved, you weaved, you braided the Hutsavedafna across the Shibolet, Shibolot, and therefore it's strong, and therefore you have no problem. So basically, that's the, that's the common answer the Gemara gave throughout the whole Gemara that Hutsavedafna, at bottom, I have to have a strong wall that's not going to move during the uh, wind. Okay, now we move to the next Mishnah. Next Mishnah teaches us Shiluchem Mitzvah. These are people that are going to do a mitzvah. For example, to go to Torah, or to go visit their uh, rabbi, or let's say to go to Pidyon Shivuim, to go uh, rescue somebody that's held in captivity. He's on a mitzvah mission. Okay? And happens to be Sukkot. So the Mishnah says, Hadush, Peturi mena sukkah. They are exempt. So long as they're on their mission, they do not have to go sit in the sukkah. Okay? And the Hadush over here is even when they're resting. Which means uh, they're going to, by day, they're going to do the mitzvah. Right, now at night, they're not doing the mitzvah, they're going to go to sleep. They don't have to matriach, they don't have to toil themselves to go find the sukkah and sit in the sukkah, they're exempt. Now, what's the logic over here? Because we have a rule. Oseg be mitzvah, patum mitzvah. That somebody that's involved 
in a mitzvah, so he's exempt from a, another mitzvah. The hidush over here is that even at the time that you're not actually osek anymore, which means according to some of shonim, the logic over here is, because bottom line, if you're going to make the guy now at night, have to go find a sukkah and sleep in the sukkah. It's going to slow him up the next morning, which means body is going to be too much of a, a burden on the guy, and he's not going to be able to do the next morning the mitzvah the right way. Either because the sukkah is uncomfortable to sleep in, he's not going to be uh, rested. However, you want to learn it. But the point is, even at the time of his resting at night, according to a lot of Yishonim, he's still exempt. He's considered patur from the. Uh, from the sukkah, because bottom line, it is going to be mafriyam. It's going to to bother him to a uh, certain uh, certain uh, certain uh, extent. Okay, that's the Tosfot uh, Tosfot's opinion. That's the Rosh's opinion. That's the uh, uh, the Taz opinion. Meaning, let's say the guy's more comfortable in sleeping in the house. So that's it. He's more restful in the house. Next day, he'll be able to do the mitzvah better. Finished. This considered patur even when he's on his uh, uh, downtime. Other Rishonim want to argue, they want to say, no, this Peturov is only when you're actually mamash involved in the mitzvah itself. And it's not going to interfere. It's not going to interfere. Which when you're involved in the mitzvah itself, it's going to interfere. But at night, they want to say, it's not going to interfere, so therefore you got to go into a So there's different ways of learning, because there's a whole makhluk, and if you can do both mitzvot at the same time. For example, a guy can wear his seat when he's in the sukkah. I'm doing uh, wearing the seat. I'm fulfilling the mitzvah. You can do both of them. So they want to say that now. If you can do both of them, it's not going to interfere with the mitzvah. Therefore, you have no uh, no uh, no etir. In any event, let's read Rashi for a second. Rashi says, "Shulchan mitzvah alchem b'derek mitzvah gon lel motora u'lagmir pinei rabov levdot shivuim petulim nasukav va'afilu b'shat haniyatan." Clearly, you see that shishita is even at the time they are resting and stopping, they are exempt from the sukkah. So comes the mishnakatim's holin. Okay, but when that's when sick, so they are mitzayev. They're uh, they're in agony. They're suffering because of their uh, sickness. Um shem That's the people that are serving them. Their aids. They are also exempt from the sukkah. They don't have to eat in the sukkah. Now the Mishnah continues. You're allowed to eat uh, temporary uh, meals outside the sukkah. We will see exactly what that means. Because normally a person has to treat his sukkah like he treats his house. That you don't always eat in your house every meal. Uh, snacks, things like that, you eat outside your house. So therefore, when it comes to eating, you treat it like yes, snacks, which will give what I will define to us what a snack is, you're allowed to eat outside the house. So the Mishnah basically talks about three cases. The Mishnah talks about the case of Osek uh, Mitzvah, talks about the sick people that are exempt from the Sukkah, talks about the eating, the Akhirat, Arai. Comes the Gemara and begins. Now, this is actually a Gemara that we learned in Masechet Berachot, it's uh, repeating it over here because it's uh, germane to our uh, subject. How do you know this subject? Which is how do you know this law of shluchim mitzvah betulim and mitzvah? I know the guys on the mitzvah mission is exempt from a another mitzvah. Where do you where do you know this from? Now the ritba right away doesn't understand this gemara's question. The ritba comes along and says, well, "What's the sheira? If a guy's doing one mitzvah." Why would I think he should stop this mitzvah to go do a, another mitzvah? Which means, of course, he's doing a mitzvah. He's involved in the, in, 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 in the mitzvah. Would I, I would think he should stop this mitzvah and go do another mitzvah. I mean, what, why, why is this mitzvah uh, different than the other one? So he comes along and says that the pasuk is teaching us over here 
even if you want to stop mitzvah A that you're involved in, to go do mitzvah B that's a bigger mitzvah. The Hidush is just still patur. Because bottom line, if you're involved now in this mitzvah over here, you're exempt. So that's already a Hidush and all sigma patur mitzvah. Then even if the second mitzvah is bigger, you don't leave the mitzvah that you're involved in, you're patur. You do not have to, um, to go and, 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 and do that. He gives an alternate answer. He says the hadush of these pesukim is going to be even in a case whereby staying with the first mitzvah, the second mitzvah is going to be gone. You're going to lose the mitzvah. Well, you might have thought, okay, second mitzvah patum in a mitzvah. Yeah, go do it later. You know, finish this one and later you do it. The hadush is now even if the next, the second mitzvah that you're not going to do. It's God still your patur. Your sigmas up patur mazal. So those are the hadushim already that are in the um, that are in the pesukim. Okay. Comes the gemara. The tanu rabbanam we have a brayta. Okay, the brayta is calling a pasuk, famous pasuk that we read in Kiryat Shema. So Torah says you have to read the Kiryat Shema. When do you have to read Kiryat Shema? Beshiftecha, bebetecha. Literally, when you're sitting in your house. So the Gemara says, "Prat leosek b'mitzvah." That's coming to exclude a guy that's doing a mitzvah. And the Gemara will explain to us how's that excluded? Just when you're sitting in your house. So it's mashma when you're sitting in your house, you're doing your mundane things. Then you have to read Kiryat Shema. But if you're involved in a mitzvah, indeed you're going to be patur from the Kiryat Shema. Where do you learn this Mashmaud from? Now the next Pasuk. Right, when you're walking on the road, Prat Lehatan. That's coming to exclude a Hatan. The Hatan on the night of his wedding, so he's Tarut. Not in a physical mitzvah yet, but in Mahshava. Which means he's preoccupied now and he's going to fulfill that night the mitzvah. So therefore, his mind is preoccupied on fulfilling this mitzvah. So therefore, the Torah exempts him from Kiryat Shema at that point. Now, the Hadush of this Gemara is that not only when you're actively involved in the mitzvah, you're but even if you're mentally preoccupied in the mitzvah, like the Hatan, you're also going to be patur as well. That guy, when you're walking on the road, Pratu Hatan, that's not doing his personal stuff. He's involved in Tadad the Mitzvah. Nashi, Vafagab, the Hunami be Mitzvah Tarid. So Nashi's bothered. What do you mean? We, well, it's the same thing. What's the difference in the first case and the second case? Nashi says, No, it's Tariqa, Lu Tarek, Rae. Diaba Ketiv Had, Kevan de Hatan, Labeja Ketiv de Klaas. This Hatan does not written explicitly in the Pasugava, Amina, Lopatar Katum, Ela, Toreya, the Ose, Melek, Mitzvah, Biadayim. I would have said, maybe you're only exempt if you actually. Actively involved in the mitzvah. Oh, malich le mitzvah. Hey, you walk it to do the mitzvah. Aval hatan, chu yosevu batel. He's just sitting doing nothing. He's just uh, thinking. Ve'ero osik ela tarid b'machshavat be'ila. He's just thinking about the mitzvah that he's going to do that night. Lo patar katuva. I would think maybe he's not patur. Hilkach mekla yitrash meina de patur mekla yitshemah de tarid b'machshavat be'ila. That even a tirdav the mitzvah of the night is also considered tirdav the mitzvah. Therefore, you patur from the that's what she said. It's just what in the in the um, the Buddha the the same uh, the same thing.
Okay. Comes the Gemara and says, I'm sorry, from here the rabbis learned, a person that's getting married to a bitula, it's a virgin, is but if a person marries a widow, he's going to be hayav in the kiriyat shema. Now the Gemara will explain later exactly what's the difference between a bitula and a almana. Okay. Now, comes the Gemara and says, Me'e mashma. Where do you know this from? Where's the mashma'ud from? And how do you know from the words, B'shiftecha b'betecha, that it's coming to exclude a guy who's doing a mitzvah? It says, he's sitting in his house. Where did you get this mashma'ud from? So the Gemara says, Amar avuna. Kederich. Meaning like a derich. Meaning like it says in the Pasuk, B'shiftecha b'betecha, U'blechtecha b'derich. A guy walking on the road. So the Gebarah says, Ma derech reshut, af kol reshut. La puke, haidu mevzva'asuk. Which is what it says. Beshiftecha bebetecha, mechtecha baderech. We're talking about a guy, let's say he's on the road. What does a guy do on his road? It's business. That's the personal stuff. So it's saying, when do you have to read Kiryat Shema? When you're involved in things on the derech. On your personal uh, personal endeavors. However, if you're involved in the endeavors of, like those about who you're involved in mitzvot, Therefore, you're going to be happy. So I said to me, but you're just sitting in the house doing, you know, your personal stuff, like derech. You're doing your business. You're not doing anything mitzvah. Then you read Kiryat Shema. But if you're doing a, a mitzvah, you're patu. So the key word is derech. Like a derech. That's That's the mode of the pasuk. Okay? From the fact that the Torah writes it again. It's coming to show you what? The rules are only dafka. You hayav in Kiryat Shema when you're involved in derech. In a... A mundane act. So Gibra says, Who said? Who told you? Maybe we have to have a dinner so guy's going on the road to do a mitzvah. Who told you when he's when, when he's automatically when you see the word derek, he said, Oh, businessman. Who told you? Maybe derek is a guy going to do go learn. And still the Torah is telling you, you have to read Shema. So comes the Gibra says, No, Imkem. The pasuk then could have just said when you when you're sitting or when you're walking. My b'shiftecha in your sitting, u'blechtecha in your walking. Belechet idachu de mehayevet ha belechet de mitzvah petirat. It's personal. U'blechtecha when it's your walking. When you're walking for your own items, you're walking for your business. Then you hayav kedat shema. Mashiach when you have lechet avakadot baruchu, you'll be patur b'shiftecha. When it's your sitting, then you're going to be Hayav uh, Kiryat Shema. But when you're, when you're involved in the Mitzvah, you're going to be Patos. That's really the, the extra Chasofit and the Bishop Techa and the Black Techa that teaches us it's personalized. Exactly. Let's read Rashi. Le'em Mashma. Le'ani Kra. Prat the Mitzvah. How do you know that they're accepting a second Mitzvah? Ki Derech. Olech B'Derech Sechona. You've got to go on his business. Milo Askinan. Vechi Enach Yechol Lechlod B'Mekar Derech Mitzvah. It just says derech. How do you know it's going on business? Maybe it's talking about a guy doing a mitzvah. It's not how you have to read. If it was talking about a uh, mitzvah, it should have said lechet b'derech. But now that it says lechtecha, b'shiftecha, etc., it's yours. Therefore, it's only personal, but not mitzvah. So comes the Gemara and says... If that's the case, which means you tell me any guy's involved in a mitzvah. 
Okay, so when a guy is getting married, he's not getting married in mitzvah. So therefore, a guy that's marrying an almana, he should also be exempt from the uh, from the kinyan. So why only tell me a guy that marries a betula? Uh, okay. Right at this point, we're thinking again when you're on the way to mitzvah. And you're walking to do a mitzvah, blechlicha. Right, so your personal business, chayav. But you're walking to do a mitzvah, you're patur. So therefore, again, the guy's walking to get married to an almana. Then what's the difference? He should also be a patur. So to that, the Gemara says, uh, answer, kones et betula tarid. Kones et almana lo tarid. When a guy's marrying a betula, he's preoccupied with his machshava. When the guy's kones et almana, is not tarid. Which means, you're right. On the way to walking to get married, of course, he'll be patur uh, when he's marrying the almana also. To mitzvah to get married, he's patur. We're discussing now after he got married now. Okay? He gave the ring, he made the kedushin. Now he's waiting for the mitzvah. The mitzvah of Perur Vu, the mitzvah of the Be'ira. Now, on the almana, he's not uh, tarud in this over here. Because she's almana already. She's not a betula. When it comes to betula, there's a mitzvah of uh, the Be'ira. So, therefore, the machshava is where. Where's the preoccupation when it comes to the mitzvah of a kolista betula? But Sheikh, when it comes to the almana, he doesn't have a tirda. Right? That's the Gemara's dreams. You're right. Walking to the wedding, I'll tell you, Patur, at that point, Fikriya Chema. There's no difference between betula and almana. I'm going to get married. The question is, we're talking about machshava preoccupation. Mm-hmm. So on a betula, you still have the preoccupation because she's a betula. You're going to find the betulin, not going to find the betulin, etc. Your mind is preoccupied in doing this without almana. It is what it is already. So therefore, he doesn't have that um, preoccupation. Look at that sheet. Tarim. Libot tarud. במחשבת בעילה מסתבלה כי פטריק רע משום תדה פטריק ואין הוא יכול לעשות בשניים כאחד שהיא says when the pasuk is telling you can't do both at the same time which means a guy cannot concentrate on קריאת שמע at the same time that he's going to have the preoccupation of the of the of the מזווה ok so that's the Gemara's answer at this point so comes the Gemara and says comes the Gemara and says וכולך דתריד הכנה מדפטור at this point, the Gebrah is assuming, oh, so what's the issue? The Gebrah is going in stages. The Gebrah says, ah, oh, issues of preoccupation. Meaning your mind's uh, thinking, okay, so you tell me that every guy that's mind is preoccupied about something, he's exempt? The Gebrah gives an example. A guy in the morning gets news that his yacht sunk in the uh, water. The tarid. Now he's preoccupied. He's thinking about all his money that he lost. the patur? Except from wearing tefillin, the tefillin is called the peir, the glory. And since a person is in mourning, so therefore he's not in the state to carry the glory of the Kadosh Baruch Hu, he's not in the glorious state. But all the other mitzvot, he's hayavin. Now, even though a mourner is preoccupied with his loss, a mourner, Avin. Now, the mourning, the agony that he's going through, there's no mitzvah to agonize. There's a mitzvah to kind of sit on the floor, to rip his clothes, but the tzav, the preoccupation on his dead, it's not a mitzvah, that's a, that's a personal uh, anguish. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what? Our personal anguish was saying, what? You have to, have to do say the so make up your mind. You're telling me preoccupied. Your patur. Well, the avil is preoccupied, and he is hayab. So what's the difference? So the Gemara says, "No, hacha tarid tadad the mitzvah, hatam tarid tadad the reshut." Difference. The only preoccupation that you're exempt is a tadad the mitzvah. 
The guys want to marry a bitula. That's a mitzvah. A guy's boat sinks. That's not a mitzvah. That's a, he's, he's upset. Lost some money. A guy's uh, avil. Yeah, he's, uh, he's upset about his zemet. That's not a mitzvah. So therefore, the bottom line, the gemara is, which we understood from the beginning, is really terdad the mitzvah. That's going to example. Let's read Rashi. Let's read Rashi. E mishum terdad. At this point, we're thinking that it's the preoccupation that exempts from the fee. Because bottom line, he can't have kavana. So if he can't have kavana, what's the difference with the tirda? I don't care if his boat sunk or the guys want to marry betula. Okay, mourner is not considered somebody that can put glory on his head. Contrary, when he puts a tefillin on his head, he's showing I'm not mourning. He's not mourning because uh, it's bad. Therefore, he can't wait to feed him. Hatan teli tedat de mitzvah. Vashmin and Kla de Lome Hayev Lassida Tomashavat Mitzvah Rishonab, Bishvil Zua Ba'alav, El Yasuk Bishonab, Yetel Leb, the Bol, the Yot Pekiba Davar. Which means the Hadush of the, the Pasukra she says is, we tell the Hatan, continue being preoccupied. By the case of the boat, we tell the guy, hey, get it out of your mind. Take the loss out of your mind for a couple of minutes here and read the Kirat by the guy reading uh, the, the, the Hatan, thinking about the Betulah, he's concerned, he's thinking, what's going to be, what's going to happen. So therefore, we, we don't tell the guy, hey, concentrate. No, don't concentrate. You think about the mitzvah, continue concentrate. You're Batu for Kedat because he's already involved in thinking about the mitzvah. And the other guy's thinking about the shoot. So that's really the proof. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, what are you talking about? You want to tell me that Osek B'Mitzvah Patumna Mitzvah where are we learning it from? Mishif Techab B'Techem L'Techabaderek The Gemara says, is that the source? I'll bring you another source Where from? The law of Pesach Sheni We know that everybody has to bring all male Males have to bring uh, all the people Klaisel have to really bring a Korban Pesach on the 14th of Nisan Okay? Now we discuss, let's say somebody that for whatever reason was Tamer and was unable to bring the Korban Pesach. So in certain situations we give him a make-up date one month later on the 14th of Iyar. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to discuss that situation. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? We don't know from the following Pasuk by Pesach Shani. The Tanya, we have a Braita, it says in the Pasuk, anashim, It says there were certain people that were Tamer. They came in contact with a corpse, and they weren't able to bring the Korban Pesach. And if you remember, they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, Hey, Lama Nigara, we don't want to lose out, we want to, we want to do the mitzvah also. So Moshe Rabbeinu told them, Okay, let me ask Bore Olam, and Bore told them, tell them to come back next month, and they can have a makeup. So that the Gebrah says, Who are these people? Who are these Timim? Let's identify who we're talking about. So the Gebrah says, Otam Anashim, these people over here, Mihayu, who are they? Now, the uh, backdrop to this question over here is uh, like this. These people were Tamimit. Now, for Tamimit, you need a seven-day process. Seven-day process means you got to be sprinkled with the Paradum on the third day and on the seventh day. Happened to be their seventh day was Erev Pesach. So technically... They were going to get sprinkled. They go to the mikveh. They'll get sprinkled on that day. Now they just have to wait for sunset, ve'odev shemesh, and then they're technically able to to eat from the korban. So what they were really asking Moshe over here was a a, a serious halachic question. They weren't going to stop coming along and say, "Hey, wait, tell me what to eat the korban pesah." They were saying, "Hold it. Why can't we eat the korban pesah?" Which means today is our seventh day. 
will finish the process tonight. So even at the, even at the time of the Shi'ita, let's say, we're not valid. But by the time it comes to eat the Qurban, we're in the game. So the Gemara is asking, hey, who are these people? We said, obviously you're talking about uh, people that knew what they were talking about. That's not guys over here. They obviously knew the Alagot. Uh, They're coming back and forth. Seventh day, Tevilan, all that stuff. So that's the... Um, that was the question, right? Now, they didn't think, they didn't think uh, that their tivila is going to affect what they can do later on. Which they figured, I'm going to tell today on the seventh day. Alright, so let them slaughter for us, and then we'll go to the mikveh after we stay slaughter, and then we'll, uh, we'll continue the process. So to that, and uh, it's, it's, it's meduyek in the pasuk, uh, because when they came along to Moshe Rabbeinu, they said, lama nigara, which means, why should we lose out? What do you mean, why should you lose out? You're tamay. What do you mean, you're, you're tamay? No, I mean, we, 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 we should still be... Uh, they weren't coming for a Pesach city. They were coming, they want to bring uh, Pesach city. Show these guys. Why should we lose out to everybody else? I have a kind of question. You should lose out because you're tamay. No, we, we, but by, by night time will be uh, better. So the Gemara says like this. When uh, Yosef Sadiq died, he made B'nai Israel swear that they're going to carry his... Often into uh, Eretz Israel. So these are the guys that were carrying the great coffin of Yosef. And therefore what they had? Tumat met. That's where they got the Tumat from. The very Rabbi Akiva Omer, Mishael, Be'el Safanayu. Shayu Oskin, Benadav Avihu. If you remember on uh, the day that he inaugurated the Mishkan, mm-hmm. Nadav Avihu, the sons of Aaron, died in the Kodesh. And uh, they had to be... Uh, Taken out. Who took out Nadav Avihu and Mishael El Safan? So where did they get this Tumat made from? From uh, Nadav Avihu. Tosafot on the top, Tosafot says, but Gebrasad says they were burnt. According to one Shittam, the second city, they were totally burnt. So the Khari, they totally burnt, there's no Tumat. So Tosafot doesn't say that the skeleton was still uh, uh, intact, and therefore enough to make them uh, Tamir. So that's uh, even according to that opinion. But the other opinions, no, they were just, uh, the, 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 the fire went into their nostrils and just snuffed out the Neshama, but their body was still intact. In any event, that's the two she taught. These were, these were the Timim, either the Nosei Aron of Yosef or the Nosei Aron of Mishael and uh, El Safan. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> Let's discuss the Mishael El Safan situation first. When did that happen? Nadav Aviyu, Aleph Nisan. Nisan. When is Pesach? The 14th of Nisan. Yeah, two weeks. They were still talking two weeks later? They can't be. They're coming two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, seven days plus another couple of days. So that cannot be the case. They were not the people. Also, maybe there's people that are carrying Yosef. That can be also. Because they only carried Yosef when they were traveling. Now, she's going to prove to us that at this time over here, for ten months already, they weren't traveling. They were in the same spot. And therefore, they weren't carrying the Aron of Yosef for, for ten months. So therefore, they didn't have any Tumah. They only carried it when they were moving. So therefore, it doesn't apply to them either. So we're back to the question. Who were these people that carried the, uh, the they got the Tumah? Look at Rashi. Im shel Yosef, on the second day, that's when uh, Elazar burnt the first parah duma. Why? She yezu atemeimit. That was when he started sprinkling on the people that were tameh. Lasu pischayen betara kedamah basikat kitin. Shemona parishot nemlu bayom shukamah meshkan uparah duma achat mehem. Ubahat nisan ukamah meshkan vuchayet ameluim kedekaima lan oto ayom natar esr atarot ubo metu nadava aviyu. Good. Hilkach menosh chodesh at pes ayu chodim taer. Bottom line, they had uh, two weeks to be metayed themselves. The kara amav no yechlu. 
פסוק סוף ולא יכלו. ונושאי ארנו של יוסף נמי כבר עברו עליהם עשרה חודשים ויותר. ואני תן מונד ספייס אוף דה בוי, שלא נסעו. ושכנו בהר חורב. ונגעת הר חורב בראש חודש סיוון. כדכתיב ביום הזה באו מדבר סיני ולא נסעו משם עד עשרים באייר של שנה הבאה. נגעת סיוון, you won, they didn't leave to the next year. 20 of E.R. So they, 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 they didn't come in contact with the Aron of Yosef for 10 months. So therefore, the Kibra is saying, who was it? So the Kibra says, Ela, Oskin, Bemet, Mitzvah, Hayu. These people were involved in a Met Mitzvah. Now, Met Mitzvah doesn't mean a traditional Met Mitzvah where they found a body in the middle of the street that has nobody to bury. Met Mitzvah was a, somebody had to bury one of their relatives. Which means the mitzvah, one of the seven relatives that it's obligated for a person to mourn for. Mm-hmm. So this was the mitzvah that they had to do. Now, what was the problem? Shechal shvi'i shelahel liyot be'erif pesach. Oh, like we said, the seventh day of their tahara was when erif pesach. So what was the claim? Shene emar velo yachidu la'asot ha pesach bayom ha'hu. You see the pesuk? They weren't able to do the pesach that day. Mashmawat, Bayomahu, and Yukhulim Nasot. Alimahar, Yukhulim Nasot. It's Maja that they only assumed that day, but what? They could have went to the McVeigh on uh, Friday, whatever the Friday, the day of Pesach, and then they would have been ready to eat that night. So that's what they came to Moshe. They said, hey, Lama Nigara. Now, what do you see uh, from over here? Uh, let, let's speak out the proof now. Bottom line, these guys. Uh, they were exempt from the Qurban Pesach. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu eventually told them, don't worry about it, you go uh, you know, next month. But the point is, there was not a claim against them. They were allowed to put themselves in a position where they're going to become Tameh, because that was the mitzvah at the time, even though it was going to cause them to be exempt of a, another mitzvah. So therefore you have the rule about osik for mitzvah, but I don't have to calculate now when I'm getting to a mitzvah. You know what? If I'm going to do this mitzvah, I'm going to miss uh, the next mitzvah. Even better. The next mitzvah that I'm missing is Yisud Karet. Korban Pesach is uh, punishable by Karet if you don't bring the Korban Pesach. doesn't matter. Burying a mitzvah is a mitzvah taseh. And therefore the Adush is even better. You're osik for mitzvah, even if it's a lighter mitzvah, Bottom line, you don't have to uh, make a calculation because if, if 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 that wasn't true, I, we would tell them, listen, you know what? Moshe would tell hey, fellas, don't uh, no, no one burying any dead people from starting uh, seven days before Pesach. Again, it's not the seven days of the middle. This is Stam. Right, right, right. No, that, 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 well, if there, if there was a law that said that don't tell let the, uh, somebody else let somebody else bury them, then we tell them you have a mitzvah coming up. You cannot uh, exempt yourself from this mitzvah. At least say no. The mitzvah comes to you. You do it, and even if it exempts you from another mitzvah, you're sick. Mitzvah, you patu, you off talk. Look at Rashi. Rashi says to me, mit mitzvah. Lav mit mitzvah dafka kamar. Not the traditional mit mitzvah that you always talk about where you found the guy in the middle of the street. Dafilu mitem, not mit mitzvah. Even your own personal mitim are considered mit mitzvah. The mitzvah that Tasek makes. The seven relatives that are quick can be mitamir. Those are the obligatory ones. Shehaz shivarishalem. Now, the afalgab, the hazul urta, even though they would be fit by the evening, right? By, 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 by Pesach, lo ishtaru. You don't uh, uh, if somebody has Tum'ah. So these guys, they didn't go to Mikveh yet. 
So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling him, listen, uh, you, you, you can't. You have to on you. You have to be viable at the time of the Shaita. Not the time of Shaita, you were no good, then you wait for, uh, uh, you know, for, for the evening. Here's the, here's the point. Even though this Tumah is going to affect their Achilat Korba Pesach, Mitzvah So therefore, but you see the Yana of Osek Mitzvah, I'm involved in the Mitzvah here now. Even though I'm going to be exempted from a bigger Mitzvah, it doesn't matter, you do the Mitzvah now. The only question on this whole proof is, it's hard to understand because they didn't know what they were doing. These guys, uh, technically, they didn't think they were going to be exempt. When they were, when they were doing it, they thought they were going to do the Pesah, the, the Mitzvah, and they also thought they were going to do the uh, Kormah Pesah. They didn't think that they were exempting at the time. That's when they came to Moshe, okay, we want to bring the Kormah Pesah. So that's why I'm trying to explain it. You have to say that Moshe Rabbeinu would have stopped them. Which is, if there was a law, if there was no law for Sigmund Zappa, Moshe Rabbeinu would have made an announcement. Seven days before Pesach, from now till Pesach, don't become Tameh. I don't care if you have a relative, something, you'll have to work it out. But do not become Tameh, because you got to bring the uh, Korban. So the fact that that announcement, so to speak, wasn't made, you see that uh, it's not an issue. In any event, comes the Gemara and says, so basically what the question is, what do you need two proofs for? What do you need the proof of? And this is a Qurban Pesah item. It's two proofs. So the Gemara says, Sirikha. You need both. Why? The first side I'd say like this. If only I had the Qurban Pesach one, I'd say, you know what? You know why you're... you're in that case? Because the mitzvah of mitah, of mitzvah is in front of you now. Qurban Pesach is seven days away. Okay, in that case, I don't have to calculate when the mitzvah is a week away what I'm doing now. But in the case of the Hatan, the Kiryat Shema is now. Maybe I'll tell you, in that case, yeah, go stop your thoughts and go, uh, go read the Shema. So that's why I have to tell you the Shema case. That what? Even if the mitzvah is there... You're still patur. Because why? You're not the mitzvah. Now we go the other way. If you only gave me the case of Kiryat Shema, Mishum Deleka Kadet. I would say, okay, so the Kiryat Shema, it's mitzvah ta'aseh. Okay, so you can exempt yourself from the mitzvah ta'aseh. No problem. Avalata, babirkesh kolam pesa, deika kadet. Em halo? I would say, hey, you know, to exempt yourself from, from burying a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah. But to exempt yourself from a item that's Korban Pesach, it's Sul Kadet, Emano. So therefore the Gemara says on that, Sirika, you need that case as well. Let's read Rashi. The Lord Mataz Man Hayuba, Kishnit Mu'adain Luigi is Man Akhirat Pesach. When they became Tameh, the time of eating the Pesach did not come yet. Aval, Kiryat Shema, the Mataz Man Hayuba, Betok Haupa, at the wedding, the guy's already, I have to be Kiryat Shema. And he's able to. I have to think he has to read it. But if you don't have to read it, that's yes, you get involved in the mid, even though it's going to exempt you from a Yisru that's even subject to Karit. Let's go a little further. Gufa. We learned uh, above. Amar bi abab bar zabda marad. Avel hayab bechol ha-mitzvot ha-amurot ba-Torah. But a mourner is obligated during the seven days to all the mitzvot in the Torah chutz mit-tefillin. Except for the mitzvah of tefillin. Uh, why? 
So he says, Sharin Emar Ba'in Pe'er. Because the Torah calls the Tefillin a Pe'er, a glory. And therefore, uh, when a person is wearing glory, it doesn't show that he's Ba'avirut. Now, where do we know this from? Medama Lirachmana Lihaskel. Pe'ercha Havush Alecha. When Yehazkel's wife passed away, God had told Yehazkel a special instruction. You, you're not going to mourn. You cannot mourn your wife. And one of the things he told Yehazkel was, God, You must wear your tefillin. You must wear your pe'er. So what do we learn from there? That a normal mourner does not wear the tefillin. But Yehazkel was the exception because God had a reason. So therefore, The Gebra says, Yes, you Yehazkel, I'm telling you, you got to wear... But everybody else is patur. That's only talking about when he exempt from tefillin, the mourner only on day one of the abelut. because the pasuk says over here mar, which is in that pasuk over there. Actually, pasuk in Amos it talks about the mourning period and it talks about the first day uh, being the most bitter of the days. And therefore, Kiyomar, God, God says, you can have the bitterness like the bitter day of the Avilut. Yomar, one day. So therefore, the Pe'er is not befitting on the first day of that, which is the most bitter day, but the subsequent days, it's, uh, it's okay. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Amar I'm taking the uh, the the, pre- the precious thing of your uh, of your life of your eyes. This is wife. She's gonna die. Uh, which means uh, be silent. Metim uh, from uh, uh, from uh, from morning, I guess. Avalot which is be silent. Avalot Do not mourn for her. Teercha your tefillin havush aroshecha. God was giving There's going to come a day where the Jewish people are going to die, and Amir says not going to mourn for their own for their own uh, relatives. And therefore, he's saying this is the sign: your relatives are going to die, Yisrael, your wife, and you're not going to be able to mourn. Alma, Avil, The source of ptur of tefillin is where from Yisrael. Now, the main bitterness of Avilut is what? One day. Okay? Now. Good. Okay. Let's just go one more line. Okay, a mourner during the seven days. Is Hayab to sit in a sukkah? Okay? Now, obviously, you have to say, uh, you're talking about uh, that the person died on Sukkot. Right. Mm-hmm. If he died before Sukkot, he's not Avilut anymore. The Avilut right. is broken before Sukkot. Before Yom Tov breaks up the Avilut. See, after that, he doesn't sit, obviously, on uh, Sukkot. Mm-hmm. The Avilut is delayed till after Sukkot. That's when he starts to sit. But bottom line, he's, he has to keep things. Bits and eyes. Not allowed to, uh, you know, do uh, things in uh, in public. You cannot show, uh, you know, uh, happiness. Let's say uh, in public. Okay. So now uh, the dean is like this. Somebody dominant died on the holidays. I have some What do you mean? Uh, what's the question? Didn't we just say Avil Hayav Chalamitzvot? 
This is an actual mourn who's high heaven all the mitzvot. So this guy is, why, 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 why should he discuss? Not tefillin. We have another rule. Somebody that's betsa'ar. The pasuk says, You have to sit in the sukkah like you sit in your house. Just like a guy sits in his house, he's comfortable. Right? If he's not going to sit in his house if there's a tsar. Pshat and sitting in the house is uh, you're, 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 you're comfortable. If you're uncomfortable to sit in the sukkah, you're considered a mitzta'ir. What's the law of a mitzta'ir? Mitzta'ir patru. So I would have thought that this avail over here, he's going to be a mitzta'ir. Why? Hanami mitzta'iru. Why should it be a uh, mitzta'ir? Uh, because uh, uh, he has to go to the sukkah, it's inconvenient, already he has his avilut, now you're putting him into a position. So the Kabbalah says, nah, That's only talking about a tzad that comes from the sukkah. Hold it. Where is this guy Sa'ar coming from? Self-inflicted. The guy is anguishing himself. Hey, that's not a Tsar. When we say Tsar is Sukkah, meaning there's bugs in the Sukkah, or it's freezing cold in the Sukkah, or, or there's a smell in the Sukkah, whatever it is. It's coming from the Sukkah. Then already you have Yudin Abin Sa'ir Patur. But if the guy himself, uh, he's just uh, upset. Hey, get over it. Go, go sit in the sukkah. So therefore the Aydush says, Avel, Hayav to sit in the sukkah. Let's just read Rashi. Pshita. Maishina ha'mishan mitzvot. Ashmina nav de'edah bil hayav kolam mitzvot. Of course, Avel's hayav the mitzvot. Why should I think he sits in the sukkah? Sarad me'mila shasukkah mitzahrato. Only in the case I would think when the, the sukkah is giving him tzahar kegol hama, tzuhat, like I said, it, there's a smell from the items that he used for skar. But in the case of Avedut, this case he has to calm his mind and go sit in the sukkah. For the benefit of our listeners to Masechet Sukkah, we are referring to several books. Uh, when we refer to illustrations and pictures, one of them is Hamaor Hamivuar. That is uh, the picture book on Masechet Sukkah, and also a new book called Hahod VeHaHadar. So we will refer to it on the uh, tapes and uh, the audio. We'll refer to both of those books and as well Perush Hai on Masechet Sukkah.